HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer Distributors. For more information, visit unionbeerdist.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's the beginning of September 2017, September 5th, actually. This is our first show uh, in almost a month that's, that's live. A big shout-out to everybody that was with us this summer. We went up to Washington County, up in New York by the Vermont border, did a show about agriculture and beer and cider. That was pretty great. And we, and we took out of the, uh, the archives a show, a uh, great cider show, with Diane Flint of Foggy Ridge Cider in, in uh, Virginia, a big pioneer in the American fine cider movement. So we got to have some fun this summer and uh, check out. I was down in Cape May. I, I got to pour beer at a, a festival with Cape May Brewing, which was another b- big treat for me. And, uh, you know, all the things I did this summer, the boys that are in the room tonight, they got to do things that I, I wish I could have done, um, things like uh, things that I feel like I was missing out on. So, Joel, you've been telling me for years, Joel Shelton, about uh, – the Franconia Summertime Festivals in uh, Germany. So tell me what had you. you. You got everybody introduce themselves. This is a little too much of an intro. Guys, come around the room and uh, we'll talk about what you guys did this summer. This is Pete Langell from Kings County Brewers Collective. Uh, Ethan Long with Rockaway Brewing Company. Joel Shelton with Shelton Brothers. So last year you told me, Joel, that you know I should come in, what is it, the end of July, go to Franconia in Germany. And what, what, what things go on there in the summertime? Well, for several years, my brother and I at least, and uh, depending who can go, it can be a group as big as 20 this year. Uh, we go to Franconia. We center ourselves in Bamberg that most beer people know about where the Rauch beer comes from and is uh, arguably the best beer town in Germany. I think the most breweries per capita and just a beautiful place. So we go there every summer and base ourselves for three days or so and then Within those days, we go to something called Anna Fest, which is in a town called Forsheim, a few miles away. It's uh, 
a beautiful spot where there's kind of a party up in the hills, all these beer kellers from the old days in Germany, and there's one band after another and one beer after another, and it's just a big whoop-it-up fest. And then the day after or two days after that, we go to Kulmbacher Beer Volka, which is Kulmbacher Beer Week at our brewery in Kulmbach that we import from, and it's a big oompa fest, and then it becomes kind of a rock band fest at night, and everyone's jumping up and down and going nuts, so... We get a lot of uh, fest time in and a lot of Keller beer drinking in and a lot of rock beer drinking in. So they really, do people really like the Oompa bands, too? You know what? Uh, at night, when the, they have an Oompa kind of band in the afternoon when the old men and old ladies are there, and then they go home. And then uh, when it gets dark, the uh, youngsters are there. Well, everyone's there, but uh, they, they get more of a German pop band, which is sort of like Oompa, but with power chords. <laughs> <laughs> Who remembers Nina Hagen? I do. They, they do those. They do those. Anything they, like yeah, that. They always, every band does, it seems like the same hundred songs, and everybody in Germany knows all of them from age two to 102, and they're all stomping up and down. So it's, there's it's this myth. Awesome. So some summers we've gone up to Cooperstown for the Belgian Comes to Cooperstown Festival. And uh, this was the year to go to Franconia. So you guys, tell us your story. So Ethan from Rockaway and Pete from KCBC, you guys ended up in Germany. Yeah, we were invited out for uh, Berlin Beer Week, actually, and then happened to coincide with the annual Shelton Brothers trip, and they invited us down to Franconia. And then Ethan had a wonderful idea. Well, it dawned on me we needed to uh, travel to southern Germany and Bavaria. But what better way to do it than on a uh, motorcycle? So I <laughs> twisted Pete's arm, uh, fortunately not too hard, because he was right on it. And we uh, were able to rent bikes in Berlin and have an amazing um, bike ride down to, uh, through Bomberg and down to Franconia. But weren't you guys totally rained out in one of those bike trips? That was less amazing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you the bad part, Jimmy. I'm here to tell you the bad part. Yes, Pete was freezing. We were soaking wet. I was dumping uh, water out of my boot. <laughs> but once we uh, got down there and sun came out, we had some amazing, beautiful rides up through the, the, the local mountains. Wow, so you guys had kind of the ultimate summer beer trip, and then you made a collaborative beer. That's right. Uh, Joel hooked us up with Gunstallbrau, Andy Gunstaller. Yeah, it's kind uh, of Gans- I thought he was coming today. Uh, Andy Gunstaller. <laughs> we didn't lie about that, did we? He would be great to be here. He was a fun personality. Well, we had him here one. Jimmy had him here. He was here on the show a few years ago, yeah. Um, but Andy doesn't get out too much. I mean, he's pretty pretty busy at the brewery and trying to get it going, you know, because it's a fairly new brewery and small. And uh, he wants to get here as soon as he can. He loves New York, and he's going to come and brew with you guys and do all that. But you guys have but, really built a great community. So not only did I miss the going to Franconia, you also had your annual festival this year in Atlanta in August. Yeah, it came right on the heels of the, of the uh, German trip, which, which is unusual. We usually have it in the fall last few years and for some reason unknown to me we had it in august and none of us in atlanta none of us who weren't based in belchertown where our, our offices understood why that happened but we said all right we'll go to atlanta <laughs> in august why and what, what was the the number one style of beer at the festival in atlanta or one you got you were telling me before well, it seems like people as always line up for about a mile to get to the cantillon table and it's sort of embarrassing because all the other brewers are standing there watching the Cantillon line for the first hour. And everyone's just in that line, more or less. And what about gozes? Weren't a lot of brewers making gozes, too? Yeah. Sour beers are kind of, uh, you kind of need sour beers at festivals now because people expect them. It's kind of the cutting edge. Well, maybe not so much anymore. But I think we're getting over that at some point. Oh. We're just all warming up. It's been okay. a long summer. That's, that's we're true. chilling out. 
We're drinking. What, what's our first beer, Ethan? Is uh, it a Rockaway beer? It is. So I brought two beers, um, kind of appropriate for summer. We I'll take more too. It's at the beginning good. of the summer, we do our beach beach beer, kind of heavy, heavy doses of uh, mosaic lupulin powder on top of a kind of a body of, of wheat, kind of a nice sessionable summer beer. We usually finish the summer off with uh, what we call Muscle Beach, so that'll be the, the can underneath, that, so that it's kind of a, we do a beginning through the summer, and then as we, we do a can release, we just had this come out this weekend with uh, Muscle Beach that kind of finishes the, the August into September period with a nice kind of double, we call it a double session I, uh, IPA, so it's, it's mus- Muscle Beach on steroids. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk more on the show about the collaboration that, that you and Pete made at, at Gonstrala, yeah. but tell me, c- catch me up with uh, Rockaway Brewing. From Long Island City, you know, when you guys first opened, you used to self-distribute to Jimmy's Number Forty Three and a lot of local bars. That's true. I and remember you guys are growing a little bit. Haven't seen I'm seeing you around town, but not on the show. So it's nice to, to be back and sitting in, in this chair and be able to converse about it. So since uh, last speaking, you know, we have a we have a space in Rockaway now that is uh, a, a year old that has been kind of a nice uh, pivot point on the beach. So it gives us a, an outdoor space and a nice indoor space to do events uh, and kind of expand, you know, where we already sell a lot of beer in Rockaway, but it's nice to have a, a, a physical footprint there. So that is, uh, that has been evolving all summer. We now have a food program in the, in the front, kind of similar to like Roberta's here where there's a container out front and it gives you, gives a different vibe. Uh, so that's been, you know, exciting to see a, a second summer of, of our Rockaway space. How long are you going to be out there this year? We stay open year round. So it's not a, it's not a seasonal thing. So that was you know last last winter was an interesting challenge to see <clears throat> how the reaction would be, you know how slow it would get. But there was a nice solid um, local presence, and we stayed open stayed open all winter. And it was it was nice wow. to see. Congratulations! Our, cheers, our local uh, community. You know, excited about beer. I mean, that was one thing that was. Joel. Uh, we never knew, you know how the reaction would be with the people who live on the block or in, in parts of the peninsula. But as it progressed, you know, people were coming in and saying, oh, this is great. I'm so glad you guys are open. I've, you know, I'm telling everyone to come. So it's, you know, it's been a, it's so been you a guys, nice you, you hung out in Rockaway. You, you always meant to be in Rockaway, but you, you, your original brewery is in Long Island City. Right. And, you know, the, to be honest, the space we're in out there now, we tried to get four years ago. Um, we just couldn't get it to come together to, to seal the deal on that space. Uh, we ended up expanding in our Long Island City space into the space next to us so we could increase our brew production. And then last year, it came, the space became available, and so we said, well, we have to take it. And so now we're, we're developing a plan to be able to, to put, a, put a bigger brew house in the Rockaway space. And kind of, right now it's our, our satellite, um, but eventually it'll become kind of our brew hub in Long Island City. We'll continue because it's nice to be so close to the city. And have you know the Queens community there, but we kind of anchor both sides of uh, of Queens, and there'll be a ferry that goes from one to the other. <laughs> so. Wow, man, that's great! And Pete, you just poured the next beer for us. Yeah, this is Strap Hanger. It's uh, our rice lager. It's a slightly hoppy, 4.9 percent, 22 percent rice, uh, crispy dry lager that we've. This is the second run. We've canned it now, and we might continue to produce this and put it in cans. Uh, I brought it because it's a, a lager, and we're talking about Germany, and but it is a rice lager, so it's got an American twist to it. So when you guys ended up in, uh, where's Gonstal, Andy's place? Is that in Freiburg? I'm not Freiburg, uh, Franconia. Schneid. 
Schneid, yeah. <laughs> you know Schneid, Jimmy, right? I ran into a guy last week at a festival. Like, I'm from Freiburg, and I kept I that brain thing where I'm like, you mean that's in Franconia? No. No, that's not. That's no. not. But um, Schneid is, is just a few miles or kilometers, I should say, outside of Bamberg. But it, within a few kilometers every direction outside of Bamberg, there's a brewery. Maybe not as great as Andy's, but it's a pretty classic old brewery. I don't know, from the 1800s, I guess, or late 1800s. You guys would know more about brewery setups, but it's a classic kind of start from the top and come your way down brewery from the, from the Victorian days and a little factory. And Andy got a hold of this brewery a few years ago. He was he was sort of brewing in different places, and he finally settled down in this place. And it's, it, it's like a mad scientist in this factory. These guys can tell you about how it works. But. Yeah, he was saying the building was 180 years old. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's been through some renovations uh, and different machinations of d- as different breweries. But up in the uh, attic was a beautiful Franconian uh, cool ship, big copper uh, monstrosity trough. <laughs> trough up there <laughs> that uh, was was pretty fun and interesting to use and kind of beautiful to see. Yeah, he uses it more like a, an American brewer would do a Whirlpool edition or a hop back. So he does a hop dosing in the, in the cool ship, gets it down to 75C, and then he'll pump it down through his heat exchanger, and it goes into fermentation. But the, the brewery was fascinating, so was the guy. It's Like Joel <laughs> said, it, it was originally a, a gravity brew house, so there's lots of stairs and lots of levels and lots of exercise, I guess, but... Yeah, you wouldn't want to drink too much while brewing. <laughs> no, it's all concrete. So you, you bring everything up upstairs and you start the brewing at the top, and then it kind of is it. It still works that way, more or less. Correct. I mean, yeah, he has to. They still, and I guess originally did have to pump the wort after you knock yeah. out up to the the uh, cool ship. Yeah, and then it will trickle down by gravity. But it but, would start at the top with the mill room, and then. And Andy likes to do decoction brews, so we were able to. You know, the, the mesh was just above uh, the kettle, so we were able to, you know, draw it down and then pump it back up and draw it back down. Uh, That's great. We have so much to talk about. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. In 1996, Sheehan Family Companies, formerly El Knife & Son, acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn. Union Beer has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Brooklyn and parts of Queens through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten Island, and Long Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education at all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the seven counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit unionbeerdist.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's our first show of the fall, September uh, 5th, 2017. So we're, we're uh, talking, our, our boys uh, Ethan from Rockaway Brewing and Pete from KCBC, uh, they just got back from Franconia. So you guys got to Andy Gonstaller's place. Talk us through it. 
decoction, cool ships, gravity brewery. Well, we uh, managed to find the place on our motorcycles in this little, little hilltop uh, right before the road turns to dirt uh, <laughs> on a uh, slightly rainy day, not, a, not like we had encountered the night before. Um, so we, we pulled in, and uh, we're quite surprised to see this standalone uh, building with uh, built basically around a brew house. It seemed like it used to have a tasting room across in the barn, but it's kind of a vertical a brew tower. Brew tower with uh, you know the the pieces and parts all built into it from from the attic cool ship all the way down to the basement uh, kind of lagering cooler. He actually grains out into the street. He puts a little cone out, and he's on a, a blind curve too, so it's a little hairy. But he's got a little <laughs> pipe that comes out of the side of the building. He pulls his truck up with a little cart behind it, and then just shoots the grain out into the street and catches it. And then he drives it straight to the local farmer and drops it off for the cows. And, and all this all this is actually normal in Franconia. It never disappeared. This is why we go there, and that's why one of these guys, to, to check it out too, because it's something that Americans don't really know about. It's not a place tourists go so much, but every little village practically you go there, and there's some brewery operating similarly to this. I mean, it's just a, a thing they've always done. It's not even, they don't consider themselves artisans that much. It's just like a, it's like a job for them, right? Yeah. But they make some of the best beer in the world, but that's just what they've always done and given the cows the grain and made little batches and the farmers drink it. They're not craft brewers because they never lost their craft brewing. So it's just how they do it, how they've always done it. So what's and the, what's the caution? Well, decoction is, is bringing, bringing the mash temperature up. Like you pull a little bit of the, of the mash into the kettle heat it up and then reintroduce it into the mash to then raise the temperature up incrementally to your to your final final point so that you're getting different uh, caramelization of sugars at each uh, kind of rest period of of temperature so you don't want to just you know you start low instead of start like typically a lot of uh, american brewers and other brewers will kind of have one temperature they go in they they, they hit their target they rest there and they're done this way you'll start at kind of a 128, 130, and then work your way all the way up to 150, 155, and then all the way out. But you want to do that kind of gradually without just adding heat to it. So you're, you're taking part of the wort or part of the, sort of the mash and, uh, and heating it up and then reintroducing it so that you're, you're continually using that heat from itself to kind of uh, gradually rise. What I understand is it gets more out of the grain. It gets more flavor out of the grains. There is... A debate on that, like yeah, many yeah, traditional uh, German brewers will claim yeah. you cannot get that decoction flavor unless you do an actual decoction. There are some brewers that will use specialty malts to try to mimic that, and the debate rages on. But yeah. this is actually a historical technique. It is because the malt was under modified mostly, so they had to go through these different temperature rests to finish what the maltsters are now these days finishing in the malt house for us. So they were going through different rests, breaking down the, and and modifying the malt further in the mash and getting as much extraction as they could out of it, which was necessary back then. But so you, 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 you enter this beer tower in Schneid in Franconia, if I remember that, not Freiburg. <laughs> it might have been Freiburg, places. too. <laughs> there's probably a Freiburg nearby, and there's a lot of Freiburgs there. But. And we're then, a little confused about where exactly it was. Yeah, I don't think these guys were actually late for the, for the start of the beer. Is that correct? But, no, we were we were pretty good. Dan and Martha were there, and uh, oh, they were early. Okay. They were early. <laughs> so Dan, Dan Paquette, for, oh, yeah. formerly uh, Pretty Things. Yeah, that, that were, that's right. It was a uh, that was great to hang out with them too. We had to make flat. sure they become part of the part of the conversation. Well, th- that was a long. That was. I'll, I'll make a long story short. But Dan, Dan from formerly from Pretty Things, is just sort of a uh, floating around Europe right now. He's in England trying to scheme up a brewery with his with his wife Martha, 
but he had been to Genshaw uh, a couple of years before and really loved it. And I, I just said, hey, come down and brew with these guys. And uh, it was kind of a mad collection of, of people. But we just, it, it worked out. Everyone could come at the same time and ask. And they just came into the brewery at the same day, and that's what happened. You, know? you often risk having too many chefs in the kitchen, but it was, it was nice that, uh, having gone from the emails with, with Dan to the actual conversations and sitting down. We actually had lunch the day before. It, um, it, was, it was a pleasant surprise of the kind of chemistry that was there. He was, he was fun, to, fun to work with and hang out. So. And an excellent brewer. Yes. Were there any other quirks of the brewery, you know, being a historical brewery? Uh, well, the ye- yeast is one interesting thing is, you know, being in this old building, there's, you know, uh, the yeast actually comes from an, another local brewery. So, uh, Which his mother picks up for him. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. So we came downstairs and the car pulls up and the trunk opens up and we, you know, helped his mom pull a, pull a big keg of yeast that had just been uh, harvested at a, another, another larger brewery and brought over to us so that we had a, a fresh pitch to, to start with. And then you guys, there was, I saw that it was a cool kind of back and forth that Joel sent us. So you guys were all emailing Dan Paquette, you guys, and Andy. So you talked at one point about making a Saison or a lager. Well, Dan, that was Dan's idea, the Saison, I think. He's a Saison guy. Yeah, he's through. a Saison guy. And I wanted a kind of historic New York lager, some sort of like Rheingold reference or something that came from kind of the, the brewing of, of New York City that may have been... Uh, a German brewer had come over, and then if we could go back and, and use the systems that would have been in their knowledge base before they were brewing here, if there was some like way to. Like kind 1860 of, yeah, German brewer. Right, if there was a way to kind of pull that full circle from like where those conversations had, had come from pre uh, kind of like what New York became as, in brewing. And then, then it became an actual, um, th- this neighborhood became a theme. Uh, it was it was Bush, a big, Bushwick. Bush, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was drawing a blank on the name. A lot of breweries were. It Bush. became a bu- historic Bushwick idea, and which I liked because I realized from reading what one of you guys said that it was the beer our dad used to drink when we were little kids. That was the first beer we ever drank out of Dixie cups. It was a Bushwick style. It was um, Peels. Peels, yeah. yeah. And I said, "All right, do that one." But then uh, eventually, Andy just said, "No, we're doing this." <laughs> so you guys, you guys talked about a saison, but you want to do a lager. And you use the lager yeast that... I think it was always going to be a lager, because Andy, Andy only, <laughs> as Andy pointed out after all this debate went on, I only use lager yeast. So, so I can't good. really do a saison with a lager strain. But. So again, all these cooks in the kitchen, so you guys, you boys, tell me about brewing a beer in Germany. Well, we did manage to, um, to convince, that we, convince the whole circle that we would have... Uh, some American hops to kind of be part of the conversation. I mean, I think it was nice that uh, Andy kind of had found some, some local kind of einkorn and some other grains to be kind of a good, good anchor to the part of the conversation. And um, not that we necessarily needed to use, you know, popular American hops, but we were able to get our hands on uh, some overly popular... Citroën Mosaic, uh, I yes, believe. Exactly. So very popular... Uh, but citrusy, nonetheless. Kind of, so use some local malts yeah, as well. Yeah. But but then we were able to kind of bring the conversation back if we were doing like the the double box. So it's it's going to be a, a rather hoppy uh, <laughs> double box. Kind of a hoppelbach, if you will. <laughs> Maybe, what, hey, what were you guys? What, what we're trying to think of a name. Uh, hoppelbach. Yeah, what were you guys talking about? Like you know when you were brewing or that night when you're driving away, you know. Oh, Jimmy, the they brew, were the brew they, were, they weren't driving away. They went to a festival right <laughs> after that, and we all got. 
Uh, we all got mildly intoxicated at the festival. Yes, we all stumbled home very late that night. <laughs> Anifest. So it was yep. just a haze, and this is all I got from you guys? Come on. <laughs> they actually don't remember anything that happened. No, they remember the brewing. We weren't there. for the, uh, These guys were there, but uh, we, only saw the, we only saw the cool ship. So, so they I'm, drove in their motorcycles. It's like motorcycle diaries or something. And Wim Wenders, Kings of the Road, and they, they drive in, and they look at the brew tower, and they spend days gazing at it. We Not can, sure how to get to the top until <laughs> they knocked on the door. <laughs> and it was unlocked. Yes. <laughs> we came in and dabbled, and Andy did all the work. Um, no, we actually we tried to, to assist Andy as much as possible, but being his... Uh, and not get in the way. Not get in the way. It's his home spot. So he was running around, and he was very gracious to, to direct us. And, and, you know, we would we, we changed a few gaskets and cleaned a few things and pitched some yeast, but nothing nothing that would have uh, gotten Andy's way too, too incredibly. But it was fun to, to yeah. have that kind con- he was gracious to show us, you know, the quirks of a system and all the little things that were going on so we could kind of, you know, intuit that and see. So you guys had a fun summer beer vacation. That was great. Yep. It was work, actually. <laughs> My partners are listening. So what, what are the highlights? So you, you, you're, it's, it's a ride off. It's a ride ride. Yeah. Yeah. You made, you're in riding around Francona. Franconia, you know, what, what, for a beer fan, what are some of the places that, that I should go? And from these guys, I know, Joel, you, you can fill us in more, but. I've never been there, so I'm, you know, I want to go to Schlankerler. I want to go to, you know, Schneider. Well, I mean, you know, there's no shortage of wonderful Keller beers to, to be had. I mean, that was the nice thing about Anifest is that it was a whole mountainside full of, of beer, and there's no way you're going to walk away without having, you know, consumed uh, way too many liters of beer. To It's only served in liters. Yep, as it should be. Ordinarily, in the in the day-to-day Keller st- uh, business, it's 0.5s. It's never liters in the daytime, but at Onifest, it's nothing but liters. And you have to have a few. What was that Pilsner that everyone was recommending in Bomberg? Oh, oh the, the one we went across the street? Yeah, yeah. There was, there's a, oh, this is Bomberg for you. There's a brewery across the street from Mars. We all met at Mars the night before the brew. A bunch of Shelton people and these guys. We all converged on. And then... Once we got sick of Mars, we went across the street, literally 20 yards, and there's a brewery called Kaysmann. That's the one. Yeah, that was and it's, it looks just like a regular German uh, restaurant. It looks like nothing, and they had this great pills, which they, we tried to import. Do they brew the pills? Yeah, 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 right there. I mean, so and they've been doing, their, doing it forever. It's just a normal thing there. We stayed you know, until they kicked us out. They, yeah, literally kicked us out. <laughs> and that pills across the street from uh, Spezial. Uh, yeah, so... The breweries are all over the place there. Yeah, from from Special across the street is is Fesla. I've had you guys import Special. Well, we used to. There's Special been, There's beer. been some problems, yeah. so we haven't had it for a few years. But uh, that's typical in Franconia. Little funny things happen, and they don't feel like sending it. But uh, so there's, Pete, there's two. You just, oh, yeah. you just poured a big uh, crowler for us. What was that? That's Janiac Maniac. That's our Pilsner that we've been brewing. Uh, I'll have another one of those. Speaking of Pilsner, this is like the you are drinking. We're drinking the Bushwick Pills that you're. Uh, the Germans the new came in 1860 pills. and made in Brooklyn, man. Named after our landlord, who's half German. Well, Janie, let's pass it around, the Joel. One I, the one I have in my hand is the Bushwick pill. That's is, it, yeah. This is going to taste like my daddy's beer from 1970? Probably not. <laughs> but, uh, it'll be cleaner, I hope. Um, it's also got Willamette hops, which is unusual for Pilsner. It's not a, it's not a noble hop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can t- yeah. I, I think totally I, can still, I can still taste the, uh, the beer from Dad from 1970. And it's the benchmark... Against which all beer is measured for Shelton Brothers to this day. You guys are sick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. I know. Everybody wants to drink Canteon. That's it, buddy. Uh, um, so you guys made a progression. You guys, you had great uh, Dan Paquette. 
Ethan from Rockaway, P from KCBC, Joel is jumping in on this, and Andy Gonstock. I was just writing emails. I wasn't. Yeah, you guys were talking about some styles you suggested you wanted to make. You could pick one beer to make. You had to suggest Dortmunder, a German Saison. That was Dan. Uh, a vintage U.S. lager, like a uh, from R. Pattinson writing. So that was probably from Dan, too. Ron Pattinson. Yeah. yeah that was Dan's. Yeah, yeah. New England IP, and then the Rheingold historical knockoff Bushwick Pills. So what style did you guys end up making? Doppelbach. A doppelbach. <laughs> of course. None of those. None of those. So Andy and just what decided Andy that's what he wanted. Yeah. yeah. So when, when will this beer be sold and how? Only in Franconia? Or you guys? No, actually, we're getting all of it in America. And probably these guys will get most of it. Yeah, and is there a name real for it? Real cheap. They're going to get it real cheap. What's Jimmy? it going to be called? Actually, we're, we're, just, we're deciding. <laughs> I like Hoppelbach myself. Hoppelbach. I just heard that here on this show. That's probably, why this show is so important. Probably we, taken already. We've been bouncing around a few ideas. I think we're, we're down to the, the final two. We'll put that one into the hat to <laughs> throw in the mix. It was a good one last week. That was what, a good name. What was your, the choice what, for name that you would like, Ethan? Uh, I was on in the boat of kind of depending on the spelling, but because uh, Pete had mentioned Mystery Men, and so we were trying to add the Aider to it. So it was Mystery Aider or Mystery. Uh, I don't know how to get the the proper tongue. It's a work in progress. Work in progress. And there's the masturbator that no one's oh. Right. No. oh no one's registered that one. Excuse no, we me. probably won't do that. I know it's been too long, kids. <laughs> a, a month of pre-recorded shows were back Uh-oh. on the air. But we'll so. we'll get a name and uh, we'll actually get beer soon. I hope. I don't know the exact date, but it's going to be this fall, and uh, I think it'll be mostly available in Brooklyn. That's my guess, which is fair enough. And the last question. So, the 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 my favorite thing that the Sheldon Brothers does is every fall you guys bring in a bunch of gravity casks from Franconia, mostly Keller beers and Lawn beers. Just just tell us the names of some of the breweries <laughs> that participate well, in that. I know there's Vaisanoa. Vaisanoa is Vaisanoa is is the major supplier. He used to collect beers from different places. And now, for some reason, he's not so much. So we're getting a lot of ice and oh, hey. Uh, that's kind of what we're getting now, actually. It used to be a bunch of ones. It doesn't really matter. They're all kind of similar beers. If you go around Franconia, they're yeah, all the making Keller, Keller beers, a lot yeah. of beers. Where, where is, which town is Weisenohe in? It, it's in that town, the town of the same name. The Weisenohe? And it's a, clo- it's a cloister brewery, meaning a, a cloister brewery, of course. And it's been there for 10 years less than Weinstefan. The oldest brewery in the world. Yeah, ten years, <laughs> ten years less. So they, they almost had them. They should have should have beat them, but uh, yeah. And, and this Keller is in lawn beers and this and that. But basically, in 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 Franconia, they don't have a strict designation for for styles. They just they always call this beer lager beer or Keller beer. It doesn't and, mean and much. And to clarify, when I said the word with the Ader, typically uh, the, all the Doppelbox end with A T O R. So the Salvatore. Celebrator and a couple others. So we're trying to think of one that has that. Yeah. So I wasn't that off. Was right. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Brooklynator was an was an That's idea. What but Andy wanted. I don't but think Garrett would like that. <laughs> oh, he already had it, right? He's got yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And then the last thing to say, you know, Franconia to me is still this mythical, you know, place of, of beer from Bomberg and Mars and so many great beers that that I've had over the years, mostly through through you guys. So let's make a toast to uh, your guys' trip to Franconia. Yeah, we're looking Take a short to. break, and when we're back, we're going to be talking to uh, a brewer from McKellar in uh, Denmark talking about the Boston uh, Copenhagen Festival. We're back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. 
With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, we're back from summer, September 5th, 2017. We're just talking about uh, Ethan from Rockaway and Pete uh, from KCBC's journey to Franconia in, in uh, Germany and Joel's journey to the festival in Atlanta. But now we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in Boston, September 22nd and 23rd. Um, it's not a nat- national disaster or emergency or anything like that, um, but there is a great beer festival that uh, has roots in uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. So... Jacob, uh, operations manager of McKellar in uh, Denmark. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, man. Super excited to be here. You guys are cool, man. So just tell us what's going on, you guys. Tell us about the Copenhagen Beer Fest and why you guys brought it to Boston. I know this is the second year in Boston. We, we basically created the Copenhagen Beer Festival in Copenhagen six years ago. And the plan with it was just to, uh, to build a platform where we could, we could bring some of the best friends in, in the industry to Copenhagen and have a, a super uh, networking um, thing where, where people could exchange ideas and bring their, their, most, uh, their most rare brews. And it became, it became something that was, that was a big thing in Copenhagen where the brewers, they were competing every year to bring the best stuff. And, and I think that we can safely say that we have right now probably the 70 best brewers in, in the world in Copenhagen. And then we had a chance last year to move it to, to Boston. Um, and it was being a, being a relatively small Danish brewery, it was not that difficult to say yes to, to bring this party to, uh, to Boston as well. And we are super, super proud that, that we did it last year and, and really be really looking forward to uh, to doing it again this year. Great. What are some of the breweries that, that'll be in Boston? So September 22nd and 23rd in Boston, Massachusetts. I mean, we have some, we have both a really, really exciting group of American breweries, some that, that have never been in Massachusetts before. Some of the, the good old heroes like, like Three Floyds, um, but also, also newer New exciting breweries, um, some from Boston, where we know a lot of them, like Trillium, like others. Then we also have a really exciting group of European brewers, some from uh, from Denmark, of course, where we come with uh, with Warpix and we come with McKellar, but also small smaller breweries like Toil and and from Sweden we have Stickbagget, and then of course some some really interesting stuff from Belgium as well, where I know that people will be looking forward to seeing Bockerider in in Boston again. And that should probably create some some lines at the at the event. Well, how many people do you expect at the festival? Um, I think we're we're hoping for about about around two thousand for each session. Um, and of course, um, um, just I mean, having that big an event in in Boston is something that is pretty amazing for us. Great. There's a couple brewers here uh, from New York City. Uh, Ethan from Rockaway Brewing and Pete from KCBC. Um, they're just in Franconia and Joel. Oh, great. Yeah. And Joel, uh, one of the Shelton brothers, is here, too. So, um, Joel, do you know a lot about the, oh, um, the Copenhagen hey, Fest in Boston? 
No, I don't know a lot about festivals because I never get invited to them. But, uh. <laughs> well, something's no, actually called no. it's a Copenhagen Beer and Music <laughs> Festival. So. No, a bunch of Shelton people are going to be there. I think they're always there, right? Shelton is a, is a long-term partner of ours. Yeah. And I've, I've been lucky enough to meet Joel a couple of times. Um, and we couldn't we couldn't do this festival without the help from, from Christian and others from, uh, from Shelton. So we're looking forward to meeting them. Yeah. So for you guys, uh, Ethan and Pete, what are some breweries that you'd like to try that are probably going to be at that festival that you don't get in New York City? Because that's one thing. There's, you can't really get all those breweries in New York City. Gonstall Brow. Gonstall. <laughs> Will Gonstall be there? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> what? Oh. I don't think so. It's okay. <laughs> We're on the, you're on the phone. Are you, you're, in a, you're in Copenhagen right now? Yes, I am. Or actually north of Copenhagen. I did have a good uh, Danish brewery during Berlin Beer Week. Uh, there was, I am drawing a blank on the name, but there was uh, two really good beers from... BQRL, was it? Uh, not them. They were, they were in oh. Berlin. That was, they, I liked their, their setup. That was uh, a good group. But there was, when we were at the... Uh, yeah. At the night night uh, event we had, there was before we took the board down to put all the New York beers up. We had a, a a nice spread of of beers from a couple different countries. Good, Jay. So, sorry, mate. It's it's a little delay, but basically, I think I think one of the things with this festival is that usually I say people ask me, so what what would you recommend? And I basically recommend that you go to where the lines are the shortest because all the beers mm-hmm. here are going to be great, and there's no there's no reason to stand in lines for a long time. It's basically about about talking to the brewers here, and and one of the good things about this festival is that it is going to be the actual brewers that are that are here and, and pour the beer and are proud to do that. So I I always say, go to where the, the lines are the shortest and then have a conversation with the brewers about what they serve. Now that's that's a great approach. I think that you have the right attitude. So just tell us a little about what's the scene like actually in Copenhagen. So you're, you're north of Copenhagen, you know what. What's your day-to-day life there? You know, the, the life, you're working for a brewery, you guys are running festivals in, in Copenhagen, too. Tell us about that. We are. I mean, Copenhagen is, and Europe is, is a little bit behind on the, on the craft beer scene, but we, there, there's a really, really strong community growing um, all over Europe now, and, and countries like Sweden uh, and, and UK are getting really strong. Um, of course, we are very much oriented towards the, the, the U.S. and, and buying the, the brewery in, in San Diego last year has not made that less strong. Um, and we get a lot of we get a lot of our inspiration from from the U.S., but also, of course, from from the great traditions of Germany and Belgium, and a little bit from Denmark. Um, but we, I think, that we're somewhere in between where we both have. We, we have the really great connection to, to the U.S., but also can can tap into uh, to a lot of the um, a lot of the European traditions. Yeah, man. Um, that was that was and, one. And I think for, I was going to say that was one thing I noticed on our Franconia trip and being in Berlin for Berlin Beer Week and seeing beers coming from the European side. Um, it, it made me reflect and realize that we're doing a really great job here in the U.S. right now to and, and making gr- great making great beers, and we were tasting great beers there that had come from a long history. But it was nice to see that there was some influence coming from our side, and that made made me proud of what we were doing here. 
Yeah, I'd like to just see a little more hops. Like everywhere I went with Ethan, we drank the beers and like the malt is spot on. The fermentation is perfect. Just throw a little, a little bit more hops in these German lagers. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's it. And you're done. <laughs> the, hop, the, German, oh, yeah. the German hops are, are, are different from the American ones. So it, the effect can be more mild. Yeah, they're for sure. yeah. the noble hop character. But, yeah. you know, amp it up a little bit. <laughs> That's but American speaking. I mean, one one of the one of the, the things I, I like about sort of the modern time in here is is that now it's it's actually expected that you have a good variety so that you both have a German pilsner and and you have a saison and you have a, maybe a hazy a hazy IPA. And I I mean, I think people expect now that that brewers are able to master both the the hardcore West Coast IPA but also the New England style. I kind of I really like that in the in the in the trends right now that that you see all kinds of different styles and and I'm super proud when we can bring some of the, the our sort of very Belgian inspired beers to uh, to to showcase in uh, in for instance Boston. Definitely same here the spectrum is key and from lagers to sour beers to hot bombs got to be able to do it all. And that's what the customer wants and expects. J- Jacob, my question. So um, tell us more about yourself. I mean, you're operations manager for McKellar. Tell us what, what roles, you know, you do, more about your job description. I'm, I'm basically the guy at the brewery that doesn't know anything about beer. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been working for, for Miko for five years, and I usually describe myself as, as the guy that, that does everything that Miko doesn't want to do. And it's, I mean, it's, it's obvious that, that a lot of stuff, stuff has happened for us over the, the past five years. And I, I'm, I'm actually super proud of when I look at the diversity of what we're able to do now and, and also just all of the ideas that Nicole had that we are able to showcase around the world. We recently did a, a very big music festival in Copenhagen for about 20,000 people where it was only Mikela and a few other craft beer, um, like like uh, other half from from New York and 18th Street from from Gary, Indiana, were there. And and doing that in Europe is is a pretty crazy thing. In in Europe, people are expect that it will be Carlsberg or one of the other big commercial breweries that, that cover everything. Um, so I think that that with what we're doing, we we also help change the beer world in uh, in Europe. And, and hopefully also a little bit in the U.S., and, and I'm super proud about that. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah, we just had uh, Mikkel called in last month, and he was talking about the McKellar NYC Brewery that's opening at City Field in Queens. Yeah. Will, will you be yeah. part of that operation? I mean, I, I oversee it with Mikkel, of course. Um, we, we, have, we have, of course, controlling with everything we do and... and Obviously, on the on the the quality side, and on and I, I'm not just talking about the beer, but also on the service and design and everything else. I will be part of that for sure, um, and have also been a big part of of getting it put together. Uh, and that's that's another. I mean, we 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 are lucky enough to be able to work more and more in the U.S. And it's it's something where we learn a lot, um, and also feel that we can give a little bit back. And that's just. It's great, and I can say now. I mean, working with with Crashline in uh, in Boston has 
it, it's been an amazing experience for us, in an experience where we both have, have gained some really, really good friends, and also where we've learned a lot about how you can you can run festivals in a really professional way. Um, so I'm I'm also super excited about all the things that we've gotten out of the, the cooperation with uh, Crashland. Well, that's great, man. Hey, um, Jacob, thank you so much for for calling in from uh, from Denmark. Okay, man. And uh, good luck. Hopefully, we'll see you up in Boston for the Copenhagen Beer Celebration, September twenty second and twenty third. Good to hear from you. Ja- good to hear from you, Jacob. Great. I, I hope. I hope you guys will come up and party because last year it was a blast, and I think this year will not be uh, will will not be uh, more slow than it was last year. So I hope you come enjoy the music and the beer. Cool. All right. All right. And, and last Safe. thing, our guys in the studio. So Ethan and Pete, just tell me some new things going on at. Uh, your breweries and what to expect for fall in New York City. Well, actually, we are turning one uh, this week. Thursday is our first year anniversary party. So, September seventh, yeah, in the night, KCBC, not too far from here. No, we're on the Jefferson, Jefferson L. stop on yeah. the L. Yeah, uh, three eighty one Troutman between Wyckoff and Irving. So, we're having a big old party, and it's going to go through the weekend. So, you make your share of Bushwick Village. You get the. The strap hanger rice lager, the Janiac. <laughs> we just kicked that. <laughs> Sorry. We'll have the Janiac, and we're going to put some special sour beers out and, uh, and a new uh, double IPA and lots of stuff. And then Ethan Rockwood. What's the last beer you poured for us? That was the Muscle Beach to kind of finish the summer. I started you with the beach and ended with the, uh, the Muscle Beach. Can I get a little more of that? I liked it. Yes, we got a couple more cans right. in the fridge, so we'll make sure you get that. Uh, that that just uh, released this weekend, so the numbers are limited. So those will be gone. So we can still go out to Rockaway Beach and yep, come check out, to, out your spot. Come out to Rockaway, enjoy some uh, really good food and uh, some good music been going on. We're having kind of a great time out there, getting kind of gearing up for you know the beach kind of closed this weekend. But now that means uh, everyone's going to be coming off the beach and staying inside and and having a, having a great time with us. And Joel, what, what's new for fall? You're going to have some uh, gravity casts coming in. Gravity kegs are going to be here, uh, I think, next week. It's touch and go with these things, Jimmy, you know. But these, these little 20-liter fake wood things kind of take over the cool bars in New York for, for a couple of weeks or a few weeks. And, uh, and I they're, think all, gonna, said they're all very malty, like these, like, yeah, non yeah. and Well, and Pete, and Pete wants more hops in them, but I, I say, Pete, just let it go, Pete. Come on. I can go both ways with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. Just a little no, bit of hops. Um, but um, yeah, they're. I mean, but uh, yeah, but they're they're uh, pretty much malty beers, but very soft uh, textured beers and, and a little earthy, and they can even get a little funky sometimes, which is fun. All, All right. right. And then Justin, I don't, you think we're gonna go up to uh, Boston, September twenty second, twenty third? We'll uh, check out the Copenhagen Beer Celebration. I love that Copenhagen Beer and Music Festival in Boston. Massachusetts. All right. So thanks to everybody. Uh, Joel, Ethan, my buddy. Haven't seen you in a while. Great and Pete you. from KCBZ. Thanks for joining me on the Heritage Radio Network. A uh, big shout out Justin Kennedy, producer, uh, David Tadashore, engineer. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter 
Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.